Yeah, Pastor, it's an honor to be here. And uh, uh, I just want to reiterate that this evening starts at 5. We got a picture of Kenny Ellis someplace around here? Did we get that picture of Ken? Yeah, where is he? Oh, come on. Kenny Ellis of the Green Bay Packers right there. So he's one of my best friends. And uh, he uh, is at the game tonight. They brought him up from Louisiana. He is the sports commentator for Southern University, and he is the chaplain for LSU football and uh, won the championship. So uh, a lot of you would know uh, Purdy. Uh, some of you might know Purdy. He's a new quarterback. He was, he's a born-again, loves God with all of his heart Christian, and he took over this team, and uh, they are doing, he's the quarterback now for San Francisco. They're doing great. Well, anyway... Ken called me yesterday and said, hey, Dave, I'm in Green Bay. And I said, oh, really? And uh, so anyway, I, I had him pray for you. So Ken Ellis, by the way, during this service today, I told him we're starting at 1030. He said, I'll be praying for that church this morning. So uh, we, we joined together. We prayed together. So I just want you to know that tonight, uh, the Packers play at about 720. Yeah. Yeah. And our meeting's at 5 o'clock. I'm just letting you know that. Uh, let's, not, let's not be foolish in the way we do the work of the Lord. So we don't need to compete against the Packers so we can move our schedule a couple hours. Amen? Amen. Yeah, okay, good. So let's go to the Word. Uh, this last week, I was... Uh, on Tuesday morning, the war Lord woke me up early. I jokingly said... Uh, I didn't know God was up quite that early, but he is. And uh, that's a bad joke. Some of you might think that's sacrilegious. But uh, I thought it was kind of a cute joke. So, but you know, whatever. I just want us to pause for a moment. Lord, you're going to do something very deep today in our lives. Not that it's going to take a lot of time, but it's going to be good. And we need you to go deep because of everything that's happening around us is so bizarre. We need to stand on the rock. We need your arms around us. In fact, that word, we need those those belts taken off our chests, the belts taken off our hearts, off our minds. We need to be set free. Just to walk with you. Though the world may go completely the opposite direction, we're standing with you, Lord. Just like the remnant of Israel. We're looking at you and loving you and watching you. And we know you've got it all under control. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I got up early in the morning, and uh, I knew God was going to give me a word. So normally I write them out, and I didn't feel like I should do that. I felt I should actually uh, speak it into my phone. So I just put my phone on record, and I just recorded from my phone. So this is the word that the Lord gave me. 
And by the way, uh, um, I have a Facebook. If you want, if you want, I do some explanation. Uh, look me up on Facebook, Dave Ford. If you're not on Facebook, just get on Facebook. Because it's not like evil or anything like that. God uses it for his glory, although there are some jerks on there. So, but here's the deal. God, uh, I put it on there. So far, we have about 2,400 people that have watched it. And so the Lord is using this to minister to people's lives. So here we go. I want you just to relax. And I want this word to speak to you. What is, there are phrases that are going to hit you. I don't think there's a person in this place today that a certain phrase isn't going to touch. So just let it touch you. Maybe everyone will touch you. Every phrase will touch you like it did me. So here we go. It started out, do not fret. Now, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to read it. I, I said I'm going to read it first, but I'm kind of not good at that. I was going to read it first and then explain it. So let, let me do that. I'm going to do that so that it sinks into your heart. Do not fret. Do not be alarmed. Do not give in. Know that I am your God and I will hold you by my right hand. You have nothing to fear. I will sustain you. I am your rock and I am your shelter. You do not need to fear anything. Know this day that I have called you. I have set you apart. And by the way, that's for everyone in here who has asked Jesus into their hearts. You've been set apart. I have blessed you and I have kept you in my hand. And in my hand is power, strength, and might. My hand keeps evil away from you. My hand provides blessing unto you. All the things you have in your life come from me. Thank you, God. I am your God. No one else can give you what I can give you because I am your Lord and your God. And that was it. So let's talk about this word to us. And let me just preface this by saying, we live in a really weird time. I have had the privilege of ministering in Africa, Europe, well, we'll go into all that later, South America, you name it. 
And I can remember when I was in Africa, ministry in Africa, and the demons over there, man, they were, they were like demons over here. Demons over here are sneaky. Demons over there are like, hey, come and get me, I'm coming to get you. I mean, they are in your face. I remember I was going to minister and we were driving, I had a whole team with me, I think I had, oh yeah, we started a, a house for uh, used up prostitutes. Sent a woman from our church over there, she ran the house, it was great. And I thought I, thought I was going to get there and I thought I was going to see all these older ladies all broken and hurt. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds are in the house. I was like in complete shock. I'm like, Lord have mercy. I remember driving down the road and this guy, he's a black dude, about six foot six, walking down the street, yelling and screaming, 100% naked. Just walking down the street. That doesn't happen in Manitowoc. Or I mean, uh, Marinette. Especially in January. I almost feel like the devil has emptied the demons out of Africa and has brought them to America. I have never seen a change in our country so fast. Our schools, the high school I went to in Eau Claire, North High School, this last year, guys were just sending me stuff. Dave, you got to, Dave, 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 you got to see this. And there was a sign on a teacher's door. If your parents don't accept your gender identity, I'll be your mom. And it's a teacher. I thought, good, you can pay my kids tuition for college, and then I'll take them back. I just like, I, I'm just like, the, the world is literally flipped upside down right now. God values, we're the ones. Oh, yeah, you can say anything you want. You can be anything you want, unless you're a Christian, of course. If you're a Christian, oh, well, we don't need your words. We, oh, yeah, you guys have hate speech. Right? It is scary out there right now. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says, or the Lord said the Bible too, but it says, don't fret. Do you know this didn't take God by surprise? I have been reading the Old Testament again. I've read it through, I don't know how many times I've read. I've read through the Bible probably seven or eight times. And I, I listen to the Bible and I'm listening through the Old Testament again. And you know, it's just amazing how the world went literally to pot. And God came in and... Straighten it up again. And we need a move of God. We need a move of God like nobody's business. And I literally sometimes, and because I think like you, listen, you don't think anything different than I think. I think, God, this thing is going down the tubes. We're in big trouble. Just come on back, Jesus. Get me out of here. Or do, please, Lord, God, there, this can't, how are we going to fix this? Right? Come on, we're just real. And I think God's like, oh, you haven't seen me move yet, big boy. One touch of my finger, and I can turn the whole thing around. Yes. Amen? Because right. he's God. Yes. Right. 
So we don't need to get all worried or bent out of shape about everything's going on. What we need to do is seek Jesus and go after Jesus. So don't fret. Literally means don't be grieved. And I think we've all been kind of grieved. Don't be troubled. Don't be displeased. There's a part in there that I didn't like, but some lady literally got a hold of me this week and said, Pastor Dave, that word was so powerful. I needed to hear the anger part. Uh I said, oh, I didn't want to put the anger part in there, but it was part of don't fret. It's like don't be angry because anger is part of fretting. And, you know, the bad anger. And, and, and she said, you know, I was listening to the radio and they were talking about what's going on in our country and I got so angry. Mm-hmm. Been there? Been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you fret over something, it consumes your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Psalm 37, 7 through 9 says this. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways and when they carry out their wicked schemes. Well, isn't that interesting? Refrain from anger. That's hard because these people are idiots. You can leave that on Facebook. It says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only, or it leads only to what? Evil. So here's the thing. Here's the trick of the enemy. If I can get them to fret about this, if I can get them to be angry about this, if I can consume their thoughts with all this, I can lead them to evil. Let me tell you something. You are what you think. I literally had to say to my wife, she's not here today, I wish she was. And, uh, and I have a wedding ring, by the way. It's just not here. It's in my other car. And so anyway, uh, I said to my wife, I said, honey, I love you to death. You're the best woman I could ever have. I'll tell you the story. It's a great story sometime. Well, maybe I will if I'm around here again. But I said, honey, you got to start letting some of this stuff go. You can't wake up every morning and run to the phone and see what, kind, what news happened overnight and who we can hate now. I say, it'll eat you up, baby. I love you. Let's make Jesus first. I, now, I don't think we should be people who stick our head in the sand. Forget about everything. No, 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 no. But it's kind of like this. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And then let's deal with the other stuff. For those who are evil, the Bible says, will be destroyed. Come on. You don't have to destroy them. God's got it. Trust me. He's got a plan. Because he only puts up with evil so long. Remember Noah's Ark? Yeah. I mean, there's only so long he's going to put up with it. And then he's going to step in. So let's just trust the Lord. Love him. 
Stand with him. Don't fret. Hey, listen, I don't need to have a heart attack because there's a bunch of idiots out there. Oh, and the Bible says, call no man an idiot. Shame on me. But those who hope in the Lord will what? Inherit the land. So guess what? We're supposed to hope in the Lord. Isn't that interesting? You know, I've had people come to me, man, Pastor Dave, I'm a smoker. I got to get rid of the smoking. The smoking's wrong. Oh, man, I'm smoking. I said, bro, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't get rip if you smoke. Now they're looking at me like, oh. Oh, what does that mean? I said, listen, this is what I think you need to do. I think you need to stop thinking about smoking because it's consuming you. All you think about is, oh, I'm smoking. I've gone for three days now. I've gone for four days now. I got, and then they smoke again. So what happens? They have another failure, right? You know what? I said, listen, listen, brother, I'm talking about a guy that literally came to me about five, four or five times in 20 years. And I should say I kind of fixed him. But anyway, Jesus fixed him. I said, brother, here's the deal. Stop focusing on smoking and start focusing on Jesus. Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. You're focusing on something that doesn't have any power anyway. Focus on the master, the king. He's got the power to change everything. Just go to Jesus. I'm having trouble with my marriage. Go to Jesus. But I'm having trouble with it. I go to. I'm angry. Go to Jesus. Because you know what? It's Jesus that fixes this stuff. He's the fixer. He's really good at it, too. He's really good at it. Yeah. How many of you know that we're just total screw-ups? I remember one day I said to the Lord, I said, oh, God, God, thank you for using me, but God, he just said, David, look at Moses, look at Abraham, look at David, look at... Now just shut up and go do your job. They're all screw-ups. But their names, but we look at them as heroes. Right? You know why the devil will always lie to you and tell you that you are not good enough? Well, I'm going to tell you what. The minute Jesus Christ saved your soul and the blood of Jesus Christ touched you from the top and covered you to the bottom of your feet, when that blood came over you, you are as good as Jesus. You're not Jesus, don't get me wrong, but when his blood covers you, you are sanctified, you are set free, you are delivered, and you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And guess what? He seats himself next to you, sit next to him, next to God the Father in the spirit realms. Come on. So stop beating yourself up. We live in these crazy bodies. We have this crazy mind. We have this nutso soul. Oh, I wish I could teach you about the dividing the soul and spirit. I really do. Someday, maybe. But, oh, I can't go there. It's so good. 
I'm not going there. Look up my old sermons online. Let's go to the next part of this word. He says, I know I am your God. I will hold you by my right hand. You have nothing to fear. Uh, my mother was a great, great, great woman of God. And she was a southpaw. How many of you know what a southpaw is? Okay, all three of you. Good. <laughs> she was a lefty. She was left-handed. That's what they call a southpaw. Okay, so left-handed people can be really spiritual and they're not second-class citizens. Let me just get that straight before I tell you about the right hand of God. The right hand of God represents something. God takes us and sets him at his right hand with his son, Jesus Christ. We're following Jesus. And so he literally takes us from this realm into that realm and sets us next up. Now, he says here, the right hand, a person of high rank who puts someone on his right hand gives him equal honor and with himself and recognizes him as possessing equal dignity and authority. You see, the devil messes with our mind, but the truth is you have the power to heal people. You have the power to set people free. You have the power of a sound mind. You have power to change everything in your life through the power of Jesus Christ because we are one with him. By the way, we don't ask Jesus to come into our hearts. It's a nice little saying. We get grafted into his vine. And we become part of him. He doesn't become part of us. Yes, he lives in our hearts and it's wonderful and our hearts are given over to him. But really, we are grafted into the tree, Jesus Christ. And his juices flow from that into us, making us solid men and women of God. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. And his incomparably great power, that means no other power can compare with it. For us who believe, that power is the same as the mighty strength. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand, at his right hand in heavenly realms. Now this is what it says, far above rule, authority, power, dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So, He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father. We, by the way, are set right next to Jesus Christ. Now let me just explain it to you. What does that mean? It means that all the authority that's in heaven, in the throne room, all the power, all the grace, all the manifestation, and all the glory of God is ours. And we actually live in that glory. Now, we live in this world, so it's hard for us to distinguish sometimes the glory of God and, and all the other garbage that we hear all the time. And by the way, if you're watching news, cut it down a little bit. When God takes us by his right hand, 
It means all his power flows directly into us. Sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes this spirit of fear overcomes us. The, the prophecy, to overcome this fear, we need to trust and love God completely. Now, part of the, part of the prophecy was, I am your rock, I am your shelter, do not, you do not need to fear anything. That means everything, you don't need to fear it. You don't need to fear, look at me. Some of you might have a job situation, it's a little shaky. You don't need to fear it. You just need to go to Jesus. Some of you might, oh man, my retirement fund right now. There might be a few of us thinking that. What the crud? But we don't need to fear. Your children that are not serving the Lord, you need to keep praying, but you don't need to fear. Because God is going to take care of it all. Are you guys following me with this? You following me? Stop worrying about everything. We'll be the ones that live to be 120. What is it? I don't really want to live to be 120. But when you take all the stress away and you take all the problems away and you take all the baloney away, you can live healthier. Why? Because it's stress that drives you down. It's heartache that wears the soul out. Okay, so he left you. Let it go. I, I'm sorry. I get it. That's hard. But you know what? Go to Jesus. He's the only one that can satisfy your soul anyway. If you think you're going to get satisfied by your work, your money, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, your family, it ain't, excuse the vernacular, going to happen. You will never be satisfied with the earthly stuff around you. There is only one thing in life that you can be satisfied with, and that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's it. Amen. You want your marriage to work? Well, start living for Jesus together. Okay. Let's finish this rodeo up. First John 4.18, there is, say no fear. no fear. That's right. There is no fear. What? What? There is no, say no. No, no. no. you know what that means? No. <laughs> the Greek definition is no. There is no, guys, wouldn't it be nice if we believe that? We can say it. I can say, hey, say no. No. We walk out the door and go, oh, I wish my life, oh, God, oh, God. Right? I believe God can transform all of that. If your life, hey, listen to me. 
Let's go all the way to the worst case scenario. Let's go all the way to the Colosseum in Rome. Where the believers were put in there. Children with mom and dad. Put literally children with mother and father. Put in the Colosseum. Think about that for a second. And they are put in there and the lions are let out. And they were worshiping and praising the Lord knowing that this earth was not their home. And you know what the lions did? The lions came and ate them. And I'm going to tell you right now, when a lion starts chewing on you, you can act real spiritual. But I'm going to tell you what, he's there to kill them. I'm sure they starve those lions for three or four days before they let him in that. Coliseum, and they went out and ripped those people to pieces and ate them. If they can be at peace and sing songs of praise, then I think we can literally get to a point where we can relax a little bit. Amen? There is no fear in love, but perfect fear, or perfect love, excuse me, drives out fear. Amen? Perfect love. Look at that thing. Perfect love drives out fear. So where do we need to go? We need to go to Jesus, right? We go to Jesus. He brings perfect love. I got to finish because I want to do an altar call here in a second. Blah, 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 blah. You read it. Good. (laughs) By the way, the one who fears, well, we're not going there. Read it yourself. We should be thankful and give him praise for all that he has given us. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what one of the problems is in America today, especially the younger generation. They've never had any struggles. When I was a little kid, I can remember going with my father to my grandmother's house. I was five years old and we put a toilet in her house up to that day. She had an outdoor toilet. As some of you might not understand the interesting parts of that. But when I would go to grandma's, when I had to go to the restroom, little Dady walked out to a house out there with a moon on it. Now, I'm not that old. I'm 63. That wasn't that long ago. When I go over and preach in Romania, which I do a lot, I still see outhouses everywhere. In fact, I went and preached for a pastor, and they, they literally called me aside and said, Pastor Dave, we just want you to know, uh, you'll, you'll be over by our house for dinner today, and we, and we, we got the outhouse all set up for you. Literally, that's what they told me. I was like, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Glory to God. So I felt I better use the thing just to honor them. So I go out there, and you know what they did? They all got big land, and here, here's their sweet little house. And I, I always, when you walk in, they have all the mattresses laying up against the, the, the walls. Yeah. 
Because there's only one room. There's actually two in the pastor's house, two rooms, one kitchen, and then a big living room. But at night, all the mattresses come down. Everybody sleeps on the floor in the one room. I'll tell you what, we're blessed. You know why we're blessed? Because God founded this country. Don't you ever forget that. This is the only country in the world that I know of that I've studied that was founded on godly principles. Our forefathers died to protect the Constitution of the United States of this country. God loves America and God's not done with America. Thank you, Jesus. So, oh, by the way, I went out to that outhouse. This is great. I get out there, and you know what they did? Because they have neighbors. Now, they're kind of far away, you know, distant, whatever. But they, I, I go out there, and they put corn stalks on the back because all they have facing the house is a door, and that's it. So you can go in to the door, shut the door, but there are three open walls. <laughs> but not for Pastor Dave. Uh-uh, they put corn stalks all the way around the whole thing. I felt like a real blessed man that day. All right. Guys, can I just say, you need to be thankful for what the Lord's given you. Be thankful. You know what, I'm an American, you're an American. Thank God for America. But I'll tell you what, we need to be thankful. We're wealthy. The middle class of America is wealthier than people. There are people trying to get in here. You want to know why? Not because they hate us. Well, some do. They want to get here and here because we live the best of the world. I've been to London. I've been to Paris. I remember I took my daughter to Paris on her 13th birthday. And I was preaching over there. I said, come on, honey, you're gonna, you're gonna, we're going to celebrate Paris on your 13th birthday. We got there. My, my, my cousin owns a travel thing. She set the whole thing up. We get there, and the hotel room is two beds. It's a double queen, I mean, like we would have here. But it was two single beds slipped together. I said, okay, honey. Yeah, God, you're, okay, I'm going to push your bed over a little bit, but I couldn't because the wall was against the walls. So I just put some stuff in the middle. <laughs> and we went to sleep. I went in to use the toy toy. There's a reason why ours have the stamp on their American standard. It was about that big. I looked at that thing, that ain't not going to happen. That is not happening. But when you have to go, it happens. My point is this. We're wealthy. You got nice cars. You got a nice place to live. You got heat. I mean, you think in the rest of the world, they don't have what we have. I was in Columbia a little while ago. Those people don't live like us. Even the people with money don't live like us. So what's my point? My point is, stop worrying about everything that we're worrying about. Don't fret, and let's just start to love Jesus. Let's be thankful to him for what he's done. Amen? Let's be thankful. Hey, we got shoes on our feet. You want to see some cool socks? I'll show you some cool socks. Those are cool socks. 
I had a guy that was in my church in Milwaukee, and he co-owned a real fancy men's store, and these are called happy socks. So when you have mine, you're supposed to be happy. In America, we buy happy socks. Okay? Well, here's the deal. Let's just take a step back. In fact, I wrote four things we need to do here at the end. Allow yourself to rest. That sound good? Stop running like crazy. Put your faith and confidence in the Lord instead of everything else. Amen? Don't fret. And know that he has you in the palm of his right hand. Amen? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes, if you would, please, with no one looking around. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. Please. Thank you. If you need to ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sins, now some of you maybe are saved or this or that, but you, you just there's a war going on. And you're saying, you know what, Pastor, I really need to give my life to God. I'm not talking about talking about God or acting like God. I mean talking about giving your life to the Lord. Not making him Savior, but making him Lord of your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, please, no one looking around right now. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. With every head bowed, if you want to ask Jesus to become the Lord of your life, just raise your hand wherever you're sitting. Raise them high so I can see them. Raise them high. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Raise them high so I can see them. Thirteen, thirteen, fourteen. Okay, 14 people, you have about 14. Okay, so now we're going to pray right now, and I want everyone in this room to pray this prayer out loud. Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to cleanse my heart. Jesus, I want to come into you and I want you to come into me and I want to make you Lord of my life. Not just Savior, but Lord. Over me, over my thoughts, over my heart, over my pain, set me free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You know what? That's enough right now. So do we have worship team? Something? Listen, at 12 o'clock you are dismissed. It's 11.53. But let me just say this. At 5 o'clock we're going to have a a ministry time. I, I would recommend if you need to be healed, you should come to that service. Because uh, there's probably going to be some healing going on. I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. But I know when God shows up, good things happen. So I don't know what's going to happen. Some of you got healed the last time I was here. Raise your hand if you got healed. Yeah, a bunch of you got healed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to hear some of those stories. I asked a dad today. I said, how's your daughter? She came up and he said, she's great. Everything's good. It's been taken care of. So you know what? God cares about that stuff. Amen? Amen. 
I love doctors. I have enough, a bunch of doctors in our family. But let me just say this. We have the great physician, Jesus Christ, who's just always there to take care of us. He loves us. He wants to do great things through us. You are so blessed. Pastor, what an honor. Thank you for allowing. Oh, I'm supposed to take an offering, aren't I? Okay, fine. I'll take an offering. <laughs> Ushers, come on forward. Uh, let me just say that. Okay, okay. So I was a pastor, and we had a little over 1,000 people, about 1,100 people in our church. I started with three families in a house, and the Lord said, okay, I want you to leave, and, I, and this is a great story, but I started ministering pastors. And then I realized I can't even handle all the pastors, so I started getting people to help me. One of the guys felt he was supposed to call this pastor. You'll love this story. So he calls this pastor one of the guys who works with me. He calls his pastor, and the guy doesn't, doesn't return his call. So a month or two goes by, he calls him again, doesn't return his call. A month or two goes by, he calls him the third time. Why is it three times? Calls him the third time, and the guy doesn't answer the phone. And he's just like, hangs it up, at the, and he goes, you know what? I'm going to call that guy right back again. In his heart, he's like, I am not, I got, no, I'm calling him. Calls him again. Hey, this time the phone answers. Now follow this. He says, I really felt I was supposed to call you today. I called you twice. Oh, yeah, I know. You called me a couple times. I'm sorry I didn't answer. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, well, I really felt I was supposed to call back. And I called back again. Thank you for answering and he starts crying. The pastor starts crying. He says, right now, I just want you to know what's going on. I'm in my garage. I'm standing up on a stool with a noose around my neck. And I'm ready to jump off and kill myself. And your phone rang. And I thought after you hung up once and then called right back again, I knew it was important. <laughs> that pastor today is back in his, in his church. We got him some help. He's in his church and his church is thriving. Are you ready for this? He's thinking about joining our team to minister to pastors. That's something. We're ministering to over. Yeah, isn't that cool? You can give the look. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So all I'm saying is, we got about 27 guys. Uh, we have about 40. I have about 45, but about 27 are really doing a super job. And uh, we're ministering to over 200 pastors right now. And you want to know something? The devil, he's gone after pastors right and left. So, uh, you know, we need to keep praying for our pastors all across this nation and country and and pray that, pray that our ministry just blows open. So, uh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to give to pastors today. God, I know that I will use this wisely. God, there's some things that have to be done. There's, there's, in fact, this week we, we took a pastor and his wife, God. And you know that we, we sent them to a retreat, paid the whole thing just so they could go. Thank you, God. Set them free too, God. Set them free. Love them. Let them spend some time together alone. In fact, they, they leave today. God, they leave today. 
So be with that couple today. They're leaving after church today. Lord, love up our leaders and pastors, not all over. In Jesus' name, amen.